Okay, let's pray. Father, thanks for this time we have together today. We believe that you're doing great things in our midst. And we, as we seek your face and get into your word today, thank you for revelation, knowledge, for truth and understanding that makes us free. Lord, give us all eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts open and receptive, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, uh, last week we began a new series called The Making of a Marriage. And uh, we want to continue with that same subject matter today. You, you, you might recall that we were discussing why people should get married. We looked at biblical reasons why people ought to get married. And, and today I want to continue but uh, go into a more specific area. And, and, and that is the area of commitment in marriage. And this is something that I think most of us understand that marriage doesn't really work very well without commitment, yet many are trying it. And commitment is one of those things that has been uh, deeply undermined in our society today. Uh, We need to understand that marriage is not a trial run. And uh, you, you don't just test it out. You don't just test the waters and try to be married for a while. It just simply won't work. That's why God reserved certain activities. And he's, basically, he said, you can't live together. You can't have sex. You can't procreate. Any of this stuff until you get married. It is that lifelong commitment that sets up a relationship to be able to handle all the stuff that's going to be involved. The differences, the the potential conflicts, the struggles of life in general, when people are genuinely and fully committed to each other, they are able to, uh, you know, handle the storms. They are able to make it through the tough times. But when there is a lack of commitment, when there is a question mark as to the future and the dedication of a husband and wife to each other, man, those things will all be magnified. Everything will get blown up and frequently those relationships don't make it. Intimacy is one of those things that is greatly limited by the question of permanency. If if people aren't certain that that their husband, their wife is go, are going to be there for them for as long as they both shall live, how how many know that they're far less likely to be transparent? to be open, to let that person fully know them. Because, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a terrible thing when a person has to think, uh, if they know me, if they really know me, they might not accept me. If someone really knows the thoughts that I have and the feelings that I have and, and, and everything about me, they may not accept me fully. But that's necessary in marriage. How many know in our relationship with God, that's the way things are? The reason we can have intimacy with Him and the reason many don't is because, is because of that very thing. God sees all and knows all. He knows your life, your past, your future, your, your innermost thoughts, everything. And He reveals to us in His Word that He loves us, that He fully accepts us. But how many know, explaining the other statement I made, for the person who doesn't, who only knows the first part, God knows everything, but they don't know the second part that He accepts unconditionally and loves without question, they have a difficult time walking with God. Many times they won't be consistent and stay with Him because they feel like, I'm not accepted. I'm not loved. And of course, there's a lot of bad doctrine in churches today which teach that God's mad at you and God's ticked off at you half the time if you don't do everything just just right. Not true, okay? But again, back to a marriage, that issue of permanency and being there uh, for as long as you both shall live is essential 
for that relationship to grow and flourish and become what God intends for it to be. And if people, again, are, are, are just trying things out, testing the waters in a, uh, in a marriage relationship, you're going to have trouble. You're really going to struggle. You're going to have some, some problems that were, you were not intended to have to, to live with. And so people only open up so far if they're not certain of that. Um, whenever a person makes a commitment of any kind, they are giving up an element of freedom in their life. Okay? Whenever, when you commit to anything, you're giving something up to make that commitment. And how many know when people marry... They are giving up their right to independent living. I mean, they're still individuals, but they're no longer independent. Huh? They're, everything a married person does now impacts their spouse. It used to be, if, if you're married, it used to be when you're single, when you went to bed, when you got up, that's totally up to you, it doesn't impact anybody. If you work, if you don't work, you suffer or you do well based on your own actions, right? If you want to be lazy bum, you can. I mean, and you impact who? You, but nobody else. And uh, if you want to uh, take care of yourself and keep yourself fit and t- take care of your, your, your life and comb your hair and, <laughs> and uh, do, you know, just take care of your, that impacts you and you alone, but when you're married, everything you do impacts someone else. You can't just pick up and say, I'm tired of my house, I'm moving. Well, when you're married, you just, you're, you're impacting other people now. You can't, just have, you can't just make those decisions all on your own. Amen. Uh, by the way, I'm talking to men and women here. This is not a submission and authority issue. This is, there's more than one person issue. And everything you do, male or female, husband or wife, impacts another person. And you signed on the dotted line. You gave your word and gave your commitment, and that's part of the sacrifice. You can't just fly off and do things. I know some do that, but that's not okay. Amen. Some just think, well, bless God, I can do whatever I want. No, you can't. Well, I'm an American. No, you're a married American. You are in bondage. <laughs> and I say that in a light way. It's not over, overall. It's, it's, uh, marriage is not a bondage. But you did give up a de- some degree of freedom in your life. And uh, marriage was never designed to be built upon maybes. Never designed uh, for that. And it, it requires, like we've already said, it requires a full commitment. It's like jumping off the diving board. You, t- you have jumped, you are in the air, <laughs> and you are going to be wet now. But it's not a dabbing of the toe. I'm going to play around with this. Marriage does not work that way, never will be. We know what God's will is in regards to this. His perfect and best plan, obviously, is that husband and wife are to stay together for life. That is God's will. Still is in our century. Still is no matter what the latest research says. Uh, you got to watch out for this, this stuff that, that, that comes out. It says what well, people are now marrying in seasons. They have, a, they have a spouse for the early season of their life. They have a different spouse for 
a different, the middle season of their life. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but this, this, these kind of things are being published, and, and people are trying to follow trends, and, you know, it's just an amoral approach to everything. Well, this is just what people do now. They have a spouse in their early years and different seasons in their life. That's nonsense. Hmm. That's not the way things are supposed to be. Let's stay with God's plan. His plan works. And uh, t- too many times, uh, people act as if marriage is no big deal. And it's, very un- it's being undermined in our society today. And people stay committed as long as it's convenient. Uh, people get divorced at the drop of a hat. Uh, some only after a few months of marriage. And uh, when it comes to this issue of commitment, I don't know how to say things. I want to be nice and everything, but... Th- <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> You know what but means. It means you just erased everything you said previously. (laughs) But when you talk about commitment, um, I don't know of any other way to say it. There have been some situations, there have been some people I've dealt with that they just had to get married, wouldn't listen to anyone, wouldn't take any time to think about it, wouldn't take, take, any, take any advice and slow down or wait a little bit, just had to jump in and, and do things right, right away. And then, you know, a few months later, they're like, ah, this is different. I mean, they're a different person, and I, I don't understand. This is not what I expected. And, and I just want to say, well, tough, tough. It's too late. I don't really care now. You didn't listen before. Now you're married. Stay that way. Now you've made your bed. Get in. Hmm. Listen. That's the answer a lot of people need today because it has become so easy and so acceptable just to erase all commitments in life. And this is one of the most important commitments a person makes, yet it's become very acceptable in society. If you don't like it, just change. Well, what about your character, though? What about your integrity? What about your word? Didn't you, didn't you make a covenant with another person? Didn't you slide an unending circle under their finger? Didn't you, didn't you make a lifetime commitment? And now it's hard. I know, but it's too late. You already made your choice. How many know for single people, think a few times over and over again and listen and get advice because look around. There are so many people that are dealing with stuff. They made the lifelong commitment. I mean, friends and family were all present. Songs were sung and uh, flowers were thrown and a whole lot of stuff was going on and honeymoon happened and a few months later, I changed my mind. No, you can't change your mind. You wimp. You don't just back out of this just because it got uncomfortable. Well, I didn't know what I was doing. Too bad. It's too late. Now, I realize some might be listening to me and thinking, yikes, that's kind of hard. I think our country and our church and people in general would be better off if they gave a lot more weight to their commitments. And, And especially commitments of this magnitude. You know, Psalm 15, verse 4 speaks of the one who swears to his own hurt and does not change. What do you mean? Sometimes, man, you put your word on the line, you lay your your life down, even if it hurts. 
I'm not changing. Why? Because I gave my word. I gave my commitment. This was a, a decision that I made. Look at Genesis chapter 2. Again, this is what we read last time. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24. God's perspective here. God's directive. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother. There's a message there, by the way. I think we're going to get some into some more of the practical stuff. The laundry and the leftovers and the love and stuff later. I'm just starting to lay a foundation, but it's hard to get away from some of this. But do leave <laughs> father and mother. And what should they do? Be joined. He should be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Again, I want to point this thought out to you. That when God designed marriage... Man and woman to come together, it's a supernatural joining. It's not just they become partners. And they become, a te- they became a team. They became cohabitors. <laughs> domestic partners. No, literally it went beyond that. More powerful, more, more supernatural. They became one flesh. And that's one of the reasons why... When people do separate, when people do divorce, why it can be so painful. It's because they were made one. There was a supernatural joining that was ordained by God. And when people are joined and they become one flesh and then they separate, it rips. And it causes a lot of suffering, a lot of pain. And, you know, God never intended for us to experience that. I think about death. How many know... One of the most difficult things to deal with in life is when a loved one dies, especially, especially if they're real young, but even sometimes when they're old. And, you know, it's just, it's just hurtful. Well, why? Because in God's original plan, we were never designed to experience death. I don't have any indication that I have the makeup in my emotions and in myself to deal with the loss of someone close to me. In God's original plan, death was never to exist. It's only because of sin. That's why now when people lose someone else, it's, it's, it's grieving. And it's hurtful. And it's painful. But likewise, when it comes to divorce, it's very hard because God never designed us to go through it. He plan he said i'm gonna make a man and a woman they're gonna come together i'm gonna supernaturally join them they'll become one flesh they'll be intimacy intimacy transparency they'll be the most incredible union and they'll be together as long as they both shall live which in the beginning was going to be forever adam and eve would still be here married know what i'm talking about But even after sin came in, and of course we are now mortal, God still doesn't want us to have to go through the separation. And our society today is really not helping. The laws in our country don't help. You know, a few decades ago they came out with these no-fault divorce laws, which basically make it real easy for people to get divorced. You can get married real easy, drop of a hat, you you can decide one day. I mean, you could do it today. You could go down to Las Vegas. 
and two single people could meet today, be married later on, and start divorce proceedings tomorrow. (laughs) I mean, what a tragedy. But these no-fault divorce laws, basically any man and woman who've been married, they can just go and say, we want to get a divorce. Why? Just because. Incompatible, irreconcilable differences. We're tired of being married. Listen, I know people have, people have told me that. Oh, yeah, we get along great. We just, we just decided we don't want to be married anymore. Been married for quite a while. Are you like mad at each other? Are you fighting and stuff? Has you got strut? No, we just don't really want to be married. You know, and I'm like, okay, whatever. But here's what I'm thinking. Tough. You mean you don't want to be married? It's too late. You already decided to. But see, our society makes it real easy. You don't have to have a reason. You can just do it. If I were writing laws, I would make it more difficult. Well, you could just come in. Well, is there, was there, is there been unfaithfulness? There been adultery? No. Well, is he beating the snot out of you? Well, no. Well, then what are you doing here? Go work it out, man. Huh? At least make them we'll come back in a year and we'll talk about it. Instead of, I'll just throw it out just like that. And if they did get divorced, I'd say, okay, I'm putting a time limit on. You're not, I'm not going to see you back here with any new marriage license for a while. I'd give them a few years at least. Think you can just jump out of this and jump into another one? Just boom, 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 boom. I hope no, no one's taken, uh, getting condemned with this kind of, kind of talk. You see, when things are made easier, the flesh gravitates towards it. You, you think about uh, guys, uh, a lot of guys are uh, tempted with pornography. All right? I know a lot of Christian men who would never go down to a, uh, an adult bookstore of some kind and look at stuff or get videos or whatever they have in those kind of places, purchase things uh, for their viewing. Most Christian guys would never do that. However, a lot of them will go click, click, click. Why? It's easy. The easier it is things are presented to us, the easier it is to get into sin, the more people do it. And our society, this is just, you know, just an illustration here, but our society makes it very easy for people to back out of their commitments and back out of their husband and wife commitments. And that's not a good thing. Amen. Studies have even shown, and bring those with us, but we've taught on these things before. Studies have shown that people, when, uh, apart from the word now, just people in general, when they're having a whole lot of marriage problems, those who choose to stay together without any counseling, without any advice, they just say, let's stay together. Uh, five years down the road, those people have been studied and they all have way better marriages without anything changing. When I, when I say without anything changing, without drastic steps and measures taken to improve their marriage, it just gets better. But people don't see that. So often people think, oh, this is bad. Let's leave. Cop out. Wimp. Hope you understand my heart here. But what's your word worth? 
there are very few commitments that we should make for life. Of course, our commitment to the Lord, forever. But I think second to that commitment is the commitment of a man and woman to one another for as long as they both shall live. Many people marry, uh, who marry many times, they are also very unreliable in other areas of life. And if you're a single person and you're interested in a person, they've got a string of marriages behind them and you're next on the list, uh, watch out. Watch out. I mean, what reason do you have to believe that that person is different? Well, they said they were. They said that to the last three of them too. If you are that person, we should counsel. Seriously, don't be looking to get married right now. Amen. There is help. There's forgiveness. There's restoration. But there's also dumb with a capital D. And that's what a lot of people live in. Dumb after dumb after dumb. Year after year after year, not making decisions with any knowledge. Making commitments without any kind of uh, preparation for those commitments. Um, Your word ought to be worth more than any contract. Your commitments. Is it ever okay to leave? Well, again, so many times people uh, enter marriage far from God's perfect will. And it's very difficult to experience His highest and best blessing the way that people enter. And many times, of course, people are coming into a marriage that God ordained, but they're, they're not saved. Uh, sometimes people, are, people get married and they're not filled with the Spirit yet. They haven't matured in the Word. And, uh, and therefore, there, there's, a, there's a disadvantage. People um, come into situations. People are in abusive situations. You know, if someone says, is it ever okay to leave? I don't think anyone in their right mind thinks a, a woman ought to stay and get beat up. Hmm. I, don't th- I think there's some situations, and we'll talk about divorce and stuff later, um, and, and re- divorce and remarriage, and see what the Word of God has to say about that subject. And, uh, but I, I think we need to use common sense. You know, when I say stay forever, I'm not talking about someone staying getting beat up. That's dumb. Hmm. And if you're the one doing the beating up, I want to beat you up in love. Spirit of slap. <laughs> but then I'll restore you afterwards. Put the word into you. <laughs> Romans twelve eighteen says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. There's always two sides of the equation. There's two people in any given marriage. What's the word to you? Well, as much as is possible with you, live peaceably with all men said, I'm living with someone that doesn't allow peace in the home. But as much as is possible with you, I understand that you cannot make somebody else do something that they don't want to do. You can't make somebody change. We're going to get to how you can help them to change. We'll get into some of that later. But you can't make them. You can't force it. But as much as is possible with you, you make sure you live peaceably with all men. People get married oftentimes for wrong reasons. What's your marriage based upon? Usually people will say our marriage is based on love. Love. Well, what is love? How many know that's a big question there? And, and for the person uh, 
who doesn't understand the type of love that marriage is based on, they're going to be in trouble. I don't know how many people have told me over the years that they want to separate, they want to get divorced. Why? Well, we're no longer in love. We're no longer in love. Well, I can tell you for about 100% of those people, they don't understand love. Because what they're speaking of is they lack emotional love for that person. They're no longer feeling it. The flame has gone. There's no more fire there. There's no more spark. Okay? And that's what they're not feeling. Therefore, they're no longer in love. That is a faulty premise for a relationship. I don't mean it's not important. There are some things that can and should be done to keep the flame burning, to keep the flicker alive, to keep the spark there. All marriages should have that. But if you've been married for any length of time, you know that it's not there every day, every minute of every day, right? Every time your spouse walks in, maybe that first few, or first few months, maybe it's like, woo, there they are. But if you've been married for a little while after that, you know, how many know they walked in, you went, hey. <laughs> I don't mean you didn't love, you don't love them, but it was, <laughs> and I don't mean to make this sound cold, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's not like, whoa, goosebumps every time you see them. I don't mean there's never goosebumps. But that's not the type of love that a marriage can be based upon. It should be present, but there must be a deeper love. It's called the love of God. And it is a love that, that says, I am there to improve their life. People don't think about this oftentimes when they're getting married. They're getting married and getting, going down to brides coming down the aisle and the groom's standing there and they're thinking, he's thinking, Man, she looks good. In other words, I like the way she looks. And I like the way she makes me feel. And I like, I look better when she's there. Or now, you know, sometimes that person, because of them, now I can have children. Or get a tax break. Or, <laughs> or other things. But so much of it is what they do for me. And how many know the love of God is just the opposite of that? It's not how you make me feel. It's I really desire to make your life better. I want to do everything in my ability and power, emotionally, financially, whatever. I want to improve your life. I want you to be better off. And that's why I'm here. That's love. I can't be hurt by you because that's not, that's not how love works. Love only seeks to make the other person's life better. That's the foundation. I don't mean there aren't other kinds of love. huh? But, it, but a marriage is not based on a steamy hot tub. That's not going to last someone through the decades. Mar- marriage is not based on the, uh, the, the screenplay in the, in the latest movie, latest romance movie. And, oh, I wish my life was like that. 
If only my wife, if only my husband was, would act like that person. They're acting. Go home with them. They're on their 12th marriage. Amen. Thank you, Lord. How many know problems in marriage are a matter of the flesh? The Apostle Paul talked about that in, in 1 Corinthians 7. For those who are divorced and wanting to be remarried, he said, you know, he said, he said you're going to have trouble in the flesh. Now, I'm going to have trouble in the spirit. <laughs> your, your, spirit your spirit man is, is really nice to be married to. My spirit is the perfect husband. Perfect. But my wife doesn't get to be married to my spirit. She has to, <laughs> she has to, she gets the flesh along with it. And that's where people struggle. And the more people get in the flesh, the more they're going to have difficulties. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. This is one of those areas that is used in many different situations. But it applies also to the marriage relationship. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. In other words, the problems that people face in marriage are common problems. People oftentimes think, well, my situation's different. This is totally unique. I mean, no one knows what I'm going through. Listen, thousands of people have gone through what you're going through. You say, you don't know. I mean, my story is wild. Listen, I've heard some wild stories. I'm telling you, weird, wild stories to where I thought, wow. I didn't say that, I thought, but I thought, wow, you've really got some things messed up here. I mean, you've really, this is different. But we need to understand, there's no new devils. There's no new temptations. They have a little twist for different circumstances. But here's the deal. If you're, if you're in a situation where you have a mediocre or even a bad relationship right now, you're not the first person to go through the same to go through that problem. So I'm the only one I know. There are lots of people you don't know. And here's the deal. People have gone through what you're going through. Some have made right decisions and have actually improved their relationship and things are better. Some have totally given up and they let the relationship end as a result of it. People are on both sides of these situations. It's not a matter of what happens or what we find ourselves in. It's a matter of where are we going and how are we going to respond to the present situation and circumstance. You know, there's a, there, there's a saying uh, as far as people making changes in their life. I've got to think to try to get this right here because I didn't write it down. But, uh, but people, people don't change until the pain of making the change is less than the pain of remaining the same. And so often people will, you know, hang out in a, let's call it a five marriage, five of, of ten. Things are just, mm, 
until things get worse and start to really fall apart, then they make a decision. Sometimes it ends, and sometimes the pain is so bad, and they think, because something's got to change. This is hurting. This is too bad. We can't, can't live with this. Sometimes they make the wrong decision. Sometimes they make the right decision, and they move higher. I don't think it has to go that way. People can change and make decisions and be honest with each other when things are at five. Why won't people ever talk about serious issues and open up, couples open up with each other until things get to one? And then they let it out. And then everything they've ever thought, everything they've ever had trouble with, everything they've ever been angry about, all comes out all at once. And sometimes it overwhelms them and they can't handle it. Because so many times people aren't open, they won't share and they won't talk about things that are bothering them when they're at five. And if they would, they could get up to eight, nine, ten. Be wonderful. Amen. Maybe we'll talk more about communication later. <laughs> but again, situations that you're dealing with are not one of a kind. And there's answers. There's solutions. There's ways that things can work out. Three areas that the enemy attacks people. Number one, their health. Number two, their finances. Number three, their relationships. I mean, no, if you're, if you're not feeling good, if you're sick, you don't want to you do, don't want to do anything for God. If you're sick, you just want to feel better. If you're broke, you might want to do something for God, but you can't. Because <laughs> you can't do anything without, in, our, in our world without, without money. And, uh, and third, of course, the enemy's coming after your family. It's one of the primary targets. Knowing that, what should we do? Man, it's time to get that shield of faith up. It's time to get some, some things fortified, some things secure, because he wants to destroy your life. You might be healthy and have money in the bank and ready to go, be doing some things for the Lord, but if you're pulling out your hair because your, your home life is just chaos and strife and your kids are just crazy and, and all kinds of problems like that, that's a great hindrance to the work of God going forth. Amen. We hear it all the time. Well, we should, I say we hear it all the time. I hear it all the time, but... Our world doesn't realize this, but the strength of our country is in the family. That's why there's such, it's under great attack today, and it's undermining the strength of our nation because, you know, people have redefined family. Now a family is two dogs and a person or whatever. You know, I mean, just anything, anything is called family these days. And uh, that's a great hindrance to our country being, being strong. Uh, sometimes when people deal with computers... And they're, you know, working on their Microsoft Word or something, and, and they get some glitches in the program. Maybe the files won't save or something's not working right. And they think, you know, I just, I need to uninstall and reinstall. Sometimes, how many know the problem might not be with that program? It might be with your operating system, especially if it's Vista. <laughs> <laughs> But it might not be that the program you're working with is having issues. It might be the operating system that is having is issues. And, and sometimes when you're having issues in your, in, your, in your marriage, it might not be that you need to install a new wife. The problem might be the operating system. <laughs> because when you install the new program upon the faulty operating system you're still there 
right? And you move on to the next situation and the next spouse. There you are, there to have conflict. And, and uh, you know, you got some bad code in there. And you're not able to relate to any program well. You're going to cause problem in any relationship that you have. You need you need a reinstall <laughs> of yourself. In other words, you need to get some some things straightened out in your own life. And it's not a matter of always pointing the pro, pointing your finger at another person. I think we understand this that the number one problem in marriage. Everybody know what that, what that is? It's uh, anybody know? It's selfishness. Selfishness. That's just a root problem. It's a root key. People are looking out for their own way and my wishes and my wants and desires. And, uh, and that undermines everything because, again, marriage is supposed to be uh, founded on the love of God. And why do some people have relatively few problems in their marriage? I mean, I'm talking about saved and lost, Christian and unbeliever. Why do some people, they just don't have many problems in marriage? First of all, for those maybe who've had a lot of problems, that is true. <laughs> if someone thinks, oh, all marriage is hell. No, it's not. <laughs> Absolutely not. There are many people who have very few problems. Very few problems in marriage. And they just enjoy life. When I, and when I say if you, if you, no, no, not a whole real problems, I'm not saying they never are challenged from the outside and deal with you know, physical attack and financial attack and all the things that all people have to deal with in this world. I'm talking about in their relationship. I believe there's two main reasons. Number one, some people don't have a lot of problems because they picked well. They made a right choice early on. They did. They are a good fit for each other. When a man and woman have good personalities and interests and, and priorities and they're all on the same page, they, listen, they are going to have less problems than people who are just going the other way they're just not a good fit okay however that's not the only thing the second thing that i see in people who don't have a whole lot of problems is personal maturity when people are personally individually grown individually grown up a lot of problems go away in other words immature people they don't make a good marriage they really don't you got two children whether they're in grown-up bodies or not Two children in marriage, one of, those, one of the indications of that is selfishness. Children are selfish by nature. All about me. What's mine is mine, what's yours is mine. <laughs> it's all about me. Here's the deal, though. What if someone missed number one? Which if you're single, don't miss it. Don't forget that first step because you'll have all kinds of problems that you'll never have to deal with. But if someone... Messed up on number one. In other words, they weren't really a good fit. They were just hormones screaming out there, out there, every pore. And they were interested and they were young and happy and let's get married. We're in love. Wow, and they jumped in. And they realized a few months later, this person is weird. <laughs> this person is crazy. They changed. <laughs> no, you just opened, your eyes got opened. And they say the honeymoon or the wedding is a dream and marriage is the alarm clock. <laughs> Ding, you're married now. Oh, yikes. 
But listen, when people mature and grow, they can overcome anything. I know situations where people, again, I, I'm, not, I'm not God and can know ultimately his will for every person's life. But from my perspective, I know people who married and I would say they shouldn't have. They, they were not a good fit for each other. They were not the best situation. But they, because they were believers and both fully committed to the Lord, it took years. But they, and they were, there was a lot of headbutting for years. But because they pressed on, they were committed, and they said, we're going to do this. We're gonna, we, made our, we, you know, we made our commitments to each other. We're going to stay together. And they grew. They eventually, eventually had a great marriage. Amen. Robert Scales is one of those. He's not the one I was thinking of, but he's coming. I don't, some of you guys might remember his story, how the Lord was talking to him on the way in his wedding, telling him, don't marry her, don't marry her. He did anyway. And he had hell on earth. But the Lord was helping him to walk in love. And it took many years before things got good. Many years. Most people would never have stayed with it. But because the Lord was teaching him about love, and he knows how to walk in love, eventually his wife became sane. <laughs> and I, I'm, those are my words, not his. But he does tell the story publicly. So it's not something that I'm just telling off on his wife. But I'm saying, what I say, the reason I say this, no matter what a person's situation is now, personal maturity and commitment to the Lord. Things can get good. They really can. And I know there's questions. Well, I'm willing to do that, but that jerk I'm married to, he's not. If he would, <laughs> we'll get into some of that later. Okay? I realize it takes two and one person can destroy a marriage. But I also know this, one person who can, who can do right and believe God and get things in order, they can give God an opportunity. They can open a door for God to work on another person's heart. And no matter where the other person is, here, good advice is you be the right person. You be peaceful. You be a person who will walk in, in the love of God and do, and do things right. Marriages are not made, on, made in heaven. Marriages are made on earth. Even if the angels sang when you met and you heard the hallelujah chorus and all this, you still have to practice good, good marriage principles to enjoy a happy marriage life. And, uh, you know, I like to encourage people who are, who are single in these areas, but it's also true with those who are married. Um, but if someone said, I'm looking for, the, for a good person to be with, well, the, the focus of your search should not just be on that person. And I know it is to some degree, but people think I want someone who looks good and, and you know, and someone who's got good uh, you know, they're sharp, they've got a good mind, good social skills, someone who's got a good physique and they take care of themselves physically and, and they're, they're all focused on what they want in somebody else, but they're not focused on themselves. And the, the answer to this is you prepare yourself. You be the kind of person that someone else that will be a blessing in somebody else's. How? Spirit, soul, and body. Man, if you're a Christian, I'm not talking about the world here now, I'm talking to mostly believers if you're a believer, you're saved, and you're saying, I, I want to I be married. Or this also works if you are married and want to improve things. 
You say, you're a believer and you want to be married and your prayer life is in the dumps. You're not ready. If you're never in the Word, if your commitment to God is shaky, and you're, you're saying, Lord, I want someone who loves you. I want someone who's committed to you. And, and, and you're not, man, stop praying. What is God going to do? How could he do that to, you, do that to them? Amen. Because they're praying too. You're not the answer to their prayer. Even though they might be the answer to yours. Again, the focus is get yourself ready. Spirit, soul, and body. You know, in your soul, be sharp. You know, learn how to relate to people. Have some social skills. <laughs> Have you ever met a weird person? <laughs> Strange person. And they wanted to be married, and you thought, no. Why? They just didn't know how to really, you know, you know, maybe it's a person that every time they talk to you, they're, they won't look you in the eye. Do you know how that's kind of uncomfortable for the rest of us? <laughs> if you're like that. Maybe you're insecure. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe there have been some hurtful things. I know. I understand. There's a lot of stuff. But you have to get over it if you want to have normal relationships. If you're just a strange person, you're not, the market isn't real big for you. <laughs> well, I'm just praying. Stop praying and get ready. Not all, it's not all spiritual. A lot of it's natural. You know, you talk about body. Well, I just want someone who speaks in tongues. I know, but they want more than that. <laughs> Marriage is a physical relationship to a great extent, right? And you've got to take care of yourself physically. This is whether you're married or single and wanting to be, wanting to be married. I just keep my spirit in line. <laughs> they don't see your spirit. It takes a while. <laughs> if you want to pray together, fine, you, you can pray together, but they also want to do other stuff. Amen. We'll get into some of that later in more detail, uh, uh, some of those other things. Uh, but for now, uh, be encouraged. The Lord's got a plan. And I want to encourage you to make your commitments stand. Be a person of commitment. If you've made mistakes in the past, man, welcome to the club. This is not about condemnation, about beating you up for things you've done wrong in the past. If you've been divorced multiple times, and here you are today, it's not about where you've been. It's about where you're going. Okay, there's forgiveness, there's hope, there's, there's restoration. The Lord can do a great thing with someone who will open their heart and mind to Him and, and, you know, not just make excuses for everything, but say, Lord, do something in me. Help me to have a, have a bright and glorious future. Amen. Talking about if you're 20, if you're 80, if you're 120, whatever. It, if your heart's beating, there's hope. Amen. There's, there's opportunity for good things and God's blessing to be in your life going forward. But as much as we know... We should be getting things ready and, uh, and doing things the right way. Praise God. Father, thank you today. Thank you for this time we have. Thank you for your, your hand of blessing in our lives. I believe you're directing our steps. You're ordering our paths. You're helping each and every one of us to experience the relationships that are of you to the extent that you wanted them to bring great fulfillment and joy into each and every one of our lives. Help us all, I pray, to deal with the issues at hand issues in our own hearts and our own lives that need to be set in, set in order. Thank you for your help today. Thank you for doing a good work in us. Father, I pray for those who, are, who have come to church today that are not on their way to heaven. They're not saved, but they want to be. They want to, be, they want to have...